You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My, my phone started, I was watching a video before I came, or before we started, and my phone, I don't know, I when I unlocked it or whatever I did, it came back on, so I don't know if you heard that or not. Anyways, how are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Doing good. Oh, amazing. Hmm. Doing just good or great or? Just good's fine. Good. Hey, mm. right, it's a rainy Monday morning. It is. So... I think you, I feel like the listener can always figure out what the weather is by the level of interaction that we have here. Like, so hopefully we can get past the rain. So it's been a good week for everybody? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? I think so. You think so? I mean, you're, you're the one that lived the week, so. You tell you me, was it a know. good week? For yeah. you, I don't know. Yeah. I can't tell you if it was a good week for you. Or well, not. it's been an office week. I'm not great yeah. office weeks. Because obviously football hasn't yet started back up, um, so just Monday to Friday in the office. Normally my, my, my week's broken up, so at least I get to go out of the office in the afternoons. But this week it's just been all all office week, which has been good because I could get the things done that I needed to get done. But equally I'm not great when I'm trapped inside all day. So your first week back in... He said trapped. Renadad, <laughs> you're trapped indoors. Trapped inside. <laughs> Who trapped you inside? <laughs> That's what I would like to do. My workload. No, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Now, it's been a good week. Been a good week for you? Yeah, been good. Yeah, been a good, yeah. good week. I don't even want to go into details, like, but yeah. It's, I mean, it's been good. We've progressed. Like, you want for people to open up and people become more transparent and stuff. And so that's what's happening. So, but, you know, you ask for that. And then, I mean, you have to be willing to be present for the issues that present themselves and stuff like that. It's really good though. A lot of different, I don't want to say counseling sessions. I don't know what you would want to call them, but like with different people and different stuff going on, there's growth happening for sure. So yeah. exciting stuff and exciting stuff. It's tough though. Cause you don't know what to say. Like I always feel like now when people come to me for advice and, and often it's people that are older than me that are typically old enough to be my father or uncle or, you know, and in the back of my head, I'm always like, well, why are you asking me? Like, I don't, like, I don't, why, I don't know what to say, you know, but it's very interesting, but yeah, definitely good week, growth happening, good stuff happening. So yeah. Um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it was anyways. So we'll continue on this week. We want to talk about, I don't know why I felt the need to bang that on the table. Sorry. Um, this week we want to continue talking about uh, the phases of ministry, our, our plans or kind of whatever that we have going on here. Um, last week, we talked about phase one of uh, basically the church and the community center, just um, getting things established, getting the church uh, leadership solidified and uh, beginning to write and develop materials. I think we mentioned that last week and then uh, starting stuff with the community garden. Speaking of, I need to make a video today about that. Um, I'm going to do a video about planting some uh, dragon fruit seeds and stuff like that. So hopefully that'll turn out good because... If not, it's getting uploaded anyway. But so, yeah. And this week we want to talk about phase two. So uh, phase one is uh, just basically really focus on solidifying the, the leadership in the church and stuff like that. And I'm um, starting to write and develop materials uh, and then getting experiment ex- yeah, 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 through the experimental stage of the community garden. So 
uh, phase two is launching an institute. Now, let me clarify that because it can sound like, oh, they're going to buy a building and all that. And so what, okay, so we talked about writing, developing materials and courses and, you know, all the books and all this different types of stuff or whatever, um, just stuff to be able to, to help the church as a whole, not just our church, but the, the church, you know, God's church uh, in Trinidad and Bolivia. And um, things were kind of interwoven before, and we decided just to launch kind of an institute branch. And this just be for our courses and our, our different materials and stuff like that. And basically, we'll do it under this institute name, whatever we decide to call it. And it'll be, I mean, it can be once every quarter that we do a course. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's not a five-day-a-week thing. But this is part of the institute, so what we do, and we can kind of uh, market it in that way. Because um, a lot of times when you do things as a church, other pastors and leaders won't come because, um, I don't know, I guess it's almost like you're the enemy gang or rival gang. I don't know. It's weird. But if you do things under like a nonprofit type or a separate thing, then people will participate, more likely to participate. They don't feel like they're supporting something else. And so we want to launch this institute with courses and stuff like that and um, be able to have different people be able to come and um yeah, and so that's the let's, we can talk about the institute. For, were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Good talk. So yeah, we'll talk about the institute first. Um, I guess the reason behind the the courses and stuff we've been talking about courses for a long time, so much so that I can't stop saying the word courses. <laughs> courses, you know the courses. We're doing courses. Did you know that? Yeah. So the institute, the reason for the courses is no, I'm kidding, kinda. Um, no, we want to like. We see it, and I'm trying to say this without sounding arrogant, but I, we see a need. I think all missionaries here, or, or all even like everybody here, anyone that's been in the leadership for a long time in Bolivia, regardless missionary, what it doesn't matter. I think we all see the need for resources for healthy churches, and by resources, I don't mean just here read this book. I mean kind of interactive, like growth of people who live here alongside with them to be able to grow with them and kind of uh, walk alongside of them. And also hopefully it could bring the church together, together a little bit. And so, uh, but just, you know, teaching about stuff that maybe a lot of uh, leaders and pastors have, have not been, been taught about, taught about, wait, is that? Have been taught. Have been taught. It just ends it there, huh? Mm-hmm. Have been taught. Yeah. Yeah. Taught about doesn't make sense, does it? Mm-mm. Sorry. We didn't even say anything. You're just going to let me drown. <laughs> Like Simon's just sitting there looking away. Well, it's impolite. Unpolite. Yeah. Wait. Uh huh. Im. Um. So yeah, tell us, Simon, which one is it? It's impolite. Impolite. Uh, no, that's that's me. I said it. it doesn't sound. You Let's both just go have back to courses. We know yeah. how to say courses. Yeah, we definitely do. <laughs> um, but just a way to feed the church. Again, like we definitely want to build our church up. We want to have a successful church, successful ministries in our church. Uh, we wanted to. We want our church to flourish. We would love that. But we also understand that if our if our church is the only one flourishing, then there's there's a huge huge problem. And so we don't just want our church to flourish; we want the church to flourish. And we don't want people just to know Jesus through what we're doing. We want people to know Jesus through what God is doing. Yeah. And he does, God doesn't just work through our church. So, you know, we want to um, support other people as much as possible. So, the writing and developing of materials that we've been talking about has been for this institute and. Um, yeah, and so it's a very, it's a long-term thing. It's going to start off very, very soft. And this again, this is phase two, so we're not there yet. This is next year at best. And um, and so then we'll continue to kind of develop it and establish it more. But um, just, I don't want to call it a training center because I feel like that's over, that's not what we're trying, you know, mm. we're not 
the seminary, but just different stuff. Like, so for instance, uh, we want to do an institute on marriage in the family. Like, you mean a I course? mean, I, see, I was, yeah, I've been trying to avoid saying courses so much <laughs> now that we're doing an institute on marriage and marriage is an institute, uh, do a course on marriage in the family. So just, on, I'm just as an example, that's something so important here. We have, well, there's a lady that goes to our church now that is dealing with, uh, and she, so her, her mother, they live with her mother, right? Yeah. And then they have a daughter and her husband. And they're dealing with the uh, situation of abuse and stuff like that. And um, the husband is, he's an alcoholic and it's an, it's just a nasty situation. Um, and different. And so there's another lady that she has family that goes to our church, uh, same situation with her. She has uh, a few kids um, that are younger and um, they deal with the same thing, fearing for their lives and stuff like, and, and this isn't, and so, okay. So the issue is, is that, there, there's people in in some of these people's lives that are dealing with these, these abusive situations that are telling them the Bible says submit to your husband, so do whatever he says, mm-hmm. drunk or not, do whatever he says, and that's a we're not even going to get into roles and all like that's a different conversation. But we're talking about abuse. This is a black and white issue. This is not an arguable thing. And for someone to say to someone that they love is you just need to submit when he's abusive, he's cheating. Like he's, I mean, yeah, for you, for someone to say to someone that they love to, that just shows the level of, there's a lack of education and awareness in in that. Yeah. And Um, I think also like beyond educating them biblically, um, well, not beyond, because that's what, that's what we'll be doing. But it also corrects a lot of the cultural beliefs because that's very Latino mm -hmm. culture. It's like your husband is the man he can do what he wants to do it doesn't matter and yeah. you cannot leave him this is this True. is what you decided to to get yourself into and you're going to stick stick with it till the end and there and to, to that that is true to a, to a point on some state like you can't just give up but we're not talking about just giving up we're no. talking about abusive again reckless danger life's in danger mm-hmm. situation and can there be can that situation be reconciled absolutely it can be but at the same time, it is not going to be reconciled and never will by just submit. Like, just shut up and do what he says. Just shut. Well, you shouldn't have. Like, it's not. We can't do the victim blaming. Like, we, it's not. That's not productive and it never will be. So for stuff like that, there is. And, and so I said that. But then to say that there is a lot of this in churches as well. We met a girl. Um, I guess she's our friend. I mean, we don't see her that much anymore. But anyways, she. um. Her situation was her boyfriend was a worship leader at a church. Um, She got pregnant. Uh, Basically, he became not I don't think he became physically abusive, but verbally. Anyways, she got cut off and cut out of the church, basically. And they they kind of they excommunicated her more more or less because she got and he continued to lead worship and stuff like that. Like, I think that that is a gaping hole in, in, in church, the way that. Again, whether you believe we're not talking about your support for women preachers or not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about equality. We're talking about image bearers of God. We're talking about, you know, we're talking about husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. Like we're we're not talking about all the other. We're talking about these very basic things about uh, loving your wife that, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, not a bad thing, not a heavy thing, not an, uh, you know, so. Like just taking care of them and stewarding your family and, and, and understanding that. What does it mean to love your family and take care of your family and to love yourself? And what, you know, 
so putting things in order about like what is the what is the what does the Bible say about family, and um then we'll do one on uh, biblical manhood. That's the one you want to do, right? Mm. Mm. Are you hungry or is it? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So like, <laughs> so there's there's just a, um there's a need for these different things to teach them on not a surface level, on a deep level, but not on like it's very clear. It's very clear. Um, there are some details that go on kind of, I guess, more open-handed issues that you can debate about marriage and roles and stuff like that. Um, and that that's we don't necessarily want to... We just want people to be treated like humans and want you people to understand that you as a man or woman of God, this is what you are supposed to love and respect, your husband, your wife, your children. Like, you're not supposed to be beating on each other. You're not supposed... You know, and go get drunk and come home drunk and like none of that can fly especially with believers especially with believers but we can't get out and like kind of correct or confront or even help these other people who are struggling in that if they look into the church and they see the same things going on you can't you can't do it that's like a person with no legs trying to help somebody with one leg walk like you this is going to end in disaster you know like it's not and so these are issues that are very taboo in the church here and things that a lot of people uh, deal and struggle, struggle and deal with, uh, wrestle with, I guess, here. And, but it's never talked about publicly because it's such a shameful thing. Such, and, and so people end up like just basically sitting and, and, and living in that torment of, again, there's not always an easy solution, but this is what the word says and this is who we are supposed to be. And call, just calling our, like all believing men in Trinidad, like if you are a believer and part of be a man. Like, let's just be a, like, be a man. Well, what does that mean? That's the issue. Yeah. Is no one has an issue saying be a man, but no one really knows what it means. And so we perpetuate, we've been, we perpetuate cycles. You know, abuse people, have t- uh, abuse men, oftentimes abuse other people, you know, whatever. And so just breaking the cycle, perpetuate, giving your life to Jesus fully, not just the obvious things or the, th- the things that people see but given every corner, every dark space and just being free from that stuff and digging into that. So a course of, of um, marriage and family and stuff, we want to just dig in and challenge people, challenge one another really, because it's an area I think that everybody can grow in. But we would definitely want to challenge um, the people in the community of Christ and pastors and leaders specifically, challenge them in the area of not just having a marriage that's just okay, like work towards having a flourishing marriage. Like there's a lot of steps that you can take to get there. And, and maybe you're not there yet. Maybe none of us are there yet. But that, what do we just quit? No, like, so how can we together, what, is the, what does the word say about marriage and how are we supposed to live in this and how are we supposed to treat this? So, okay, so now how, how can we take steps towards bettering our marriage? And so the idea is to have these type of courses. Ha, said it again. And, um, and, but then to have these type of conversations too with different people about um, different marriage issues in marriage and different ideologies that exist or have existed and just kind of confronting some uh, ideologies from previous generations that have been taught like that. Just mm-hmm. submit, just shut up and submit. That's not, that's not what the Bible means when it says that. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so, so that, that's just an example of uh, the manhood thing, a uh, womanhood. We want to do one on biblical womanhood as well. Cause I, oftentimes we do focus a lot on biblical manhood and, and I think a lot of times things do fall into, fall into, fall in line when that but we don't want to neglect that the bible has specific things for what you know how women should live as well and so just a, a full family 
the institution of the family is just at the center, as at the very center of the gospel, you know. And so I, it's very hard that we confront other issues if we're not building healthy families and stuff. So that's one. Another one we want to do, of course, on on heaven. Like, what is what is what is heaven? What does that mean? Where is it? Where is it not? The Bible does say a lot of stuff about heaven. It's not specific about it. And we've had these conversations a lot recently about heaven and stuff. And we won't get into it because it gets weird. Well, if but, you want to know what questions you should address, just sit down with Jolie and she will yeah, help you come yeah. up with a list of commonly asked yeah. questions. We had, yeah, she, and it's just the, what is it called? Uh, like culture teaches you stuff and you don't really like, she, we had a conversation last night about, she was asking about when Jesus comes back, will angels come with him? And basically the conversation got to, that she wants to see some like you know family members who have passed on and if angels coming back that means they're angels now so and we explained to her like you know people and angels are two different things and blah blah, blah. you know so we kind of explained that to her and, and i could see it on her face like it was like n- had no idea like you know but there's a lot of adults that don't know i mean you can mm. go on facebook right now and if somebody died then they got the angel wings on the yeah. on the thing and what and nowhere like it's weird that people say that the bible you can't believe the Bible, but yet they can make stuff up and we're supposed to believe that. Like you literally, there's no anything written about, like you just, it's made up. People becoming angels makes us feel good about ourselves. And but, then them watching over us. Yeah, yeah. And us. first yeah. of all, <laughs> you don't need those people to watch over me if I have God watching over me. They're not more powerful than God. That's number, like, uh, anyways, I'm not getting into that. That's not what we're here for. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, just but just different. Yeah, there's so many different ideas and stuff that we have about um, heaven and earth and stuff like that. That is just flat out wrong, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like it's just wrong. And the idea, and so and then, but when you think in the terms of evangelism or a new believer or whatever or some, a seeker, I guess you could call it, a lot of stuff we believe doesn't make sense. And we can say, oh, that's because you just have faith, and it's not. It is true on some account, but it's not really because. When you do a real study on it, it actually does make sense. It makes a lot of sense. Now, is everything believable? Now, the angels and the type of figures the angels are and stuff, that not always believable, but it, it makes total sense. To, I mean, obviously to, an, to a person who's an unbeliever, mm-hmm. but it does make sense. So you can maybe argue whether, you know, there are angels with a lion's head and dragon feet, whatever, you know, um, you can argue that but you can't argue that it doesn't make like the whole idea of heaven doesn't make sense and in relation to how we live now it makes absolute perfect sense like there's no perfect sense and i think when you understand that it turns the light on of to like oh oh this is why i'm supposed to love my neighbor this is why i love my wife as christ loved the church this is why i submit to my husband uh as long as he's loving me as christ loved the church you know whatever and this is there's so many different things, and I think you can start understanding, like, oh, it's, it all starts coming together when you understand, and, what, and then you start seeing that this is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is not saying, chase your dreams. Nowhere is he saying that. He's saying not, nothing here is important. I mean, that's what he's, it, people here are important, and what you invest here is important, but your hope is not here. That's, better. that's the better way to say it, I think. Um, but he's saying, like, you store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, thieves don't break in and steal. He's telling the disciples they're admiring the temple. He says, oh, those walls are coming down. Don't admire that. Like, that's, that's temporal. I'm going to rebuild it in three days. But he, he didn't physically rebuild it. The temple he rebuilt is the one that you should admire, though. And the temple that he rebuilt is an eternal one. And so, like, he's constantly talking in these terms of, of eternity and whatever. And, and 
we I, we just don't know what the Bible says on it. We you know we don't no one's done a study on it. So we want to do a study on that for people to be able to understand because it does it changes the way that you preach. It changes what we were talking about the other day. I shared a tweet with Simon about um. Ah, shoot, I forgot what it said. I'm going to look it up real quick. What do you mean it changes the way you preach or it changes the way you live? Yes. Both. Both. Because you, you, when you understand what the, the depths of what God is doing or what is going to do or is, is doing for us, I guess you can say, and what eternity is going to be like, then you really get how, oh, oh I shouldn't store up my treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. With the, like, it's not. What am I doing? You know, it's not worth it, you know, to invest so much in this life. It's not it's not worth it, you know. And so you're um, this is the tweet I was talking about. It says if most sermons and we (laughs) Simon, (laughs) anyway, it's a different thing. If most sermons focus on personal application, you may you make people think the only thing that matters in the Bible is what applies to them. Nothing wrong with ministering to people's personal lives. But to make disciples, we have to inform them that the kingdom is bigger than their life. And that's, I think that's what understanding uh, how big the sacrifice of Jesus is, is it goes further than right now. It go, it's so much big. The kingdom of God is so much bigger and so much more eternal than your issues that you have right now. Like, it was what we were talking about at breakfast this morning with um, healing versus salvation. Not, they're not at odds, but we were just talking about, you know, there's a situation where somebody uh, was in a wheelchair and there was a lot of people that wanted uh wanted to, you know, to, to pray, somebody to pray with them. They wanted to uh, convert or confess their sins, whatever, become Christians. They wanted to be saved. I don't know why it was so hard for me to say that. They wanted to be saved. And everybody went over to the wheelchair person and literally left these people sta- standing there. And it's because that is nothing wrong with praying for the person in the wheelchair. Nothing at all. It's a good thing even. But we, we live so much for the now that we don't understand that we live for the, the reason that we do what we do for the now is because of our understanding of so much of how the etern- the then or the what's to come is, is going to be, how great it's going to be and, and whatever. And so when we understand and when we believe that, then it changes the reality of how we live and how we put things into practice here and now because we're not doing it for me. You hear about Paul healing people. Paul is praying for people and they're getting healed. But then if you read all the accounts of Paul, his back is twisted and almost parallel to the ground. So Paul is in terrible condition, but he's praying and healing for other people. Like, it's a very weird thing. And you would think he'd be ticked off, but I, don't, I, I, guarantee, I can almost guarantee you he doesn't know why he hasn't been healed. But he also knows that I want to be healed. But at the end of the day, like, this is not what ma- I know that eternity is my, you know, in eternity, all things will be reconciled back to Christ. So he's living in the reality of that now. So but it's just understanding eternity and what that really means it's not you know you get your little angel feathers and you turn into a baby with a bow and arrow and shooting at folks and making them fall in love and you know you don't get your angel wings and just float around forever and you gotta watch people do stupid stuff for the rest of eternity like watching over your loved ones be idiots you know like that doesn't that's that's not that's not a prize (laughs) like that's not a reward but we come up with this stuff because we don't understand it and i think there's a lot of preachers a lot of pastors a lot of christians in general, who don't don't know. They don't just don't know what the Bible says about it at all. And is the Bible super, super clear on heaven? No, but on some stuff it is. It de- definitely gives us an idea of at least like what the idea is of what we're doing there and whatever. So I want to do courses on that. So just with those two things, you get two examples more or less of what the reason that we want to do the courses. 
just to kind of dig into these topics and basically, I guess, studies or whatever, to dig into these topics, to kind of um, educate, inform, but impassion, I guess, as well. If that's a word, I may have made it up, but you understand what I'm saying, right? And so, um, but then just to remind us, too, of like oh, who we're called to be and, you know, who we're called to be in Christ and, what, and who we are, we're capable of being through the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work within us. And, you know, the gospel transforms. So it's like, well, this is just who I am, blah, blah, blah. And that's, uh, I can't help it. Well, no one asked you to help it. But the Holy Spirit is at work with inside of you. And if you heed to that, then you will be transformed, you know, by the gospel of Jesus. And so just getting Christians to be Christians and to, and it seems like Christianity, like, has come to a place to where you say the sinner's prayer and you go to church every day. And then your growth kind of just stops. Like, it just, that's just kind of what it becomes for the rest of your life as you just attend services and for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. just kind of trying to break that on a small scale here, just at least in our surroundings, just kind of trying to break that, that thought process and, and that get people out of that cycle and off that treadmill because it, it's a hopeless one. It's a hopeless one. If you are not, it, you, you, can't, you can't be self, a selfish believe, you know, so you have, like, if the Holy Spirit doesn't work within you, so either the Holy Spirit's not at work or you're not listening to him. Yeah. And so, you know, you're not. And so we've become callous to not listening and not being moved by the things that move God. And we've convinced ourselves by because we see everybody else is OK with it. That, oh, then it's OK. We'll do it. And it's not a democracy. You know, it's not a democracy at all. And so I don't know. We just want to kind of try to affect even if one pastor, one leader, one Christian comes. I think that that's enough. Like that's one person that can learn about some of this stuff that's super necessary and it's biblical. And there's so many issues with these things that you see, just these two things that cause a lot of issues in the church, or three things, I guess, manhood, womanhood, I would count kind of a one, but then uh, marriage and family stuff. And then on the, on the preaching side or the, even, yeah, the living side as well is um, just the heaven stuff, you know, if, if we really believed that God is making a better place for us and he's going to take us for eternity, then I think our, acti- our Christian activities would look a lot different. Because now, um, let's say you, you have a dream car and you spend 10 years working your butt off to get that dream car. But then when you get to, like, I don't know, when you get before God, he's like, hey, what's up, you know, Simon or whatever. I don't know why I used you. Easier to use you than me. I don't want to imagine myself before God right now. Um, hey, hey, Simon. You would, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I passed at a church and blah, blah, blah. What would you do? Those 10 years, what, you know, I called you to do something those 10 years. What were you doing? Oh, yeah, I would wanted my car. Like, and like obviously there's grace and mercy and it's not like he's going to get out of here but that's that's not what we want to have to tell god it's like oh yeah i had to spend those 10 years working hard so i can get my dream car like i feel like he's going to be like what dream car where oh it's, well you know i had it back but didn't i say store up your treasures in her well i didn't treasure it but you worked 10 years for it so how are you going to tell me you didn't treasure something that you worked 10 years for that's foolish to not treasure something that costs you so much time of something that you can't get back and so like i Again, I'm not saying that everybody has to take an oath of poverty, but I, there is a there is a line of understanding what we're here for. And I think just having understanding the idea of heaven and eternity and whatever, I think it can shed light on on that and kind of help us refocus and re shift our whatever our, our living our thought process, at least the way that we view life and to to being effective here and now. Does that make sense? No one else is talking yeah. but me. Simon's shaking his head yes for those of you that can't see, <laughs> which is all of you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it has like uh, the possibility to impact generations in the family, you know, mm-hmm. like to stop 
certain mentality just by educating and, and enlightening uh, a person who, who if they're coming to an institute, there's somebody that is already leading their family. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a mother, a wife, pastor, husband, whatever, um, who, who can take that information and, and go ahead and, and correct some of the wrong, wrong thoughts that they've had and wrong practices and, and move forward. So, so in essence, it doesn't, in theory, it doesn't take generations to correct something or, or an issue or uh, uh, a cultural problem or whatever, generational, you know, how people talk about generational curses. Like, it just takes one person to, to submit themselves to the word of God and, mm. and allow the transformation to take place. And then they teach that to their child. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be effective. I'm excited to see how that and, takes off. And we may, honestly, we may never see fruit from it, but that's not, it's not about us seeing the fruit. It's about us doing what we see necessary, you know, mm-hmm. and planting those seeds and, and, and hopefully maybe we can cultivate or water some or whatever you want to, you know, but ultimately it's about growth and, and like sowing seeds of, of the kingdom of God. What's that, what the, what that is really about because we've made that like some of these things we've all oh, those are yeah those, i'm not called to that wait what do you mean you're not called you're not called to make disciples mm-hmm. you're not called to not store up your treasures on earth like that's not yes you are i mean that's literally what every believer is called to that you know but you hear all the excuses in the world but anyways so that's the idea of the institute and stuff i don't know what we're going to call it we need to come up with a name if you have a name idea shoot it to us Unless it's like a really long and antiquated name. Anyways, yeah. So we need to figure something out for that. And I guess in the next year or so. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting, but there's a lot of work. <laughs> That's why Simon has has been trapped in the office. is because, you know, <laughs> yeah. going the direction of just getting more behind the scenes work and stuff done. And, like, uh, there's a lot of work. We have to do all the studies and get them all written out well and, you know, and go through our points and make sure we're not just making stuff up and i mean there's a lot of work ahead but it's not worth just it. making stuff up but just like it's a thought or a belief that you have that isn't yeah. based on truth well and that's know? the that's the that's the hard part about doing studies is it tears your house down sometimes because mm-hmm. like, you it, everything that you've and you've lived your life based off of some of these principles sometimes and it like it all comes crumbling down well, <laughs> sometimes one, with one verse one you know? time i asked you like how do you start to prepare for your message and you say you basically just start from zero yeah like, like forget I don't about know, everything yeah. you've heard or been taught everything you think you know and you start from zero like i don't know anything yeah. i need to find a better method <laughs> <laughs> but it's like because it's like i was telling you yesterday it's like cramming for an exam Every, like two because i start summer prep tuesday tuesday through saturday it's cramming for an exam that's literally and it's that stressful, you know, like, but I do try to start because I don't want to come in with, oh, well, John Calvin wrote or my, you know, Pastor Billy said, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to come in with that. I want to come in with like, okay, God, what are you saying through mm-hmm. this text? Like, not what do you, what does it mean to me? All to know. Like, I want to do a deep study. And, and what is Mark, if Mark six thirteen, what was Mark saying? Mark was inspired by the, like, definitely. But like, what was Mark saying to the people? What is this? And because it's all relevant to us. And so I want to dig in and just really say what, I, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I heard someone giving advice on preaching and they were saying, don't just say what it says, but mean what it means. And like that, that changed my entire like preaching life. Cause now I'm like, okay, cause we all say what it says, you know? And then you kind of not twist the meaning cause it's not always negative, but you may, you know, you kind of, oh, well to me that means, and I think it, 
but you can really get past all the I thinks and stuff. And when, but when you see what it's really saying, it's always, always, always every, at least for me for the past year and a half or whatever it's been, it's always like legit. Like it always comes back like, oh man, this is, this makes perfect sense. And it always fits the narrative of the Bible, like, all, like the, of the whole Bible, not just like one isolated thing. So, yeah. so yeah, a lot of work, a lot of work. So other than that, um, phase two, we would like to have a piece of property by then or to buy a piece of property in that point. And so right now there is property all around us for sale. It's a little more expensive than the $5 we have right now. <laughs> but <laughs> it like there's a house with three. It comes with the house is built on two lots. Then there's an extra lot. No, there's an extra. No, the house is built on one lot. And there's an extra two and a half lots with the house. And they're asking $100,000 for that. The, that's literally but right behind our house. And then there's another lot right directly behind our house. She's selling that. Don't know how much she's selling that for. Then there's two lots right next to that one. They're selling those for $12,000 a piece. This is expensive, honestly, for the area that we live in. Like, you can't even get to those lots with the road. And you, how you sell something for $12,000 that I can't get to? Anyways. I'm just complaining because I don't want to spend money. But then there's lots of next door to us, which th those are, I guess are fair asking price. Really, I'm just complaining because it's fun. Um, but the ones next door to us are absurd. It's they're like thirty thousand dollars, or there's two lots for like thirty-two thousand dollars or something like that. And I don't know. But honestly, all those lots would be great to have. So for the whole thing, all the lots you, you could get it for a hundred. Let's say hundred. Let's say twelve for three hundred thirty-six, hundred fifty thousand dollars more or less. You could get all of them for 130, yeah, $3,600. Yeah, $170,000. You could get all the lots and stuff around. What's that, eight lots? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And a house. And a house, obviously. So, I mean, that's that's a big thing. A house with a well, mm. which is a big deal. A well costs like $5,000 to get dug and all that stuff. and. Or is it called a well when you like drill? Yeah, you drill like I think it's called a well. Yeah. But that, yeah, so yeah. So that and um but then there's some other lots available and some other uh, there's somebody told me about some lots back over towards the main road, which it's kinda of far away from here, but I'm just gonna see it just to see what I don't know, see what's going on. But we would like to acquire a piece of property so that we can kind of start leaning towards building and, and producing some different stuff that we wanna do in some of the other phases, which we'll get to. But we, I mean, ultimately, we want to have a community center. I think we've made that very clear. I want to build a, a multi-purpose multi facility uh, that you can just use, use a bunch of stuff. You can have different classrooms or whatever, or rooms for uh, different courses. <laughs> Not these type of courses. These two. I guess you could do these type of courses in there as well. But like sewing classes, cooking classes, whatever. Have a nice kitchen um, equipped for that for you know cookie sewing but also a room you can have meetings in and whatever like to have a place outside because it's the weather's pretty much always nice where you can exercise and do sports stuff the calisthenics park would be really great to have that we, we talked about this right mm -hmm. yeah the calisthenics park and stuff like that and so i don't know so we want to buy land the first thing obviously is buying land and so we're kind of in the process of figuring that out now um but also in phase two we want the community garden to be to a, a place to where we're producing uh, fruit hopefully if we can grow vegetables and fruit successfully then we would collect seeds from those and start building up a seed bank a seed bank so that we can give seeds to people so they can produce their own plants 
and also kind of start a nursery, I guess you would say, so we can give people the plans. We talked last week about not wanting people just to come in and take what they want, but be able to give these these plants out to people in the neighborhood so they can grow and produce their own stuff. So that and then also the idea would be able to um, produce like mass produce compost to be able to sell it a little bit just to make a, I mean, they're going to make a ton of money off of that, but just to be able to make a little bit of money to help kind of sustain, at least sustain the community garden somewhat mm-hmm. um, to be able to sell compost. Uh, people, there are, they do sell compost here, but it's literally all sticks and roots and like it's, there's no like, I mean, that's organic matter, but there's no like fruits and vegetables being composted in there and stuff. And it makes a difference in the richness of it. So we could produce a really uh, rich and healthy compost and then kind of bag that up and, and sell it. And so that's an idea. It just would require somebody going around kind of constantly and picking up because you can get all this stuff for free. Mm-hmm. The sawdust from over at the, the untreated wood, of course, sawdust from the local carpentry shops. I mean, by bag, like these huge bags they sell them by and then. Um, the old fruits and vegetables from all the little markets and things like that. You could just com- you can compost all that. And honestly, it's good for the city as well because yeah. stuff doesn't end up in the street or in the drains mm-hmm. and then we're flooding again and, you know, all this other stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's beneficial in more ways than one, but we would like to be able to uh, get to a place where we can sell some of that compost. We can just have it going constantly and, ha- and per- like have a ton of compost and be able to bag some of it up and sell it, you know, with, I don't know, 10 bees, 15 bees a bag. 20- no, they're like 20 bees. So we could probably sell it for like 30 bees a bag. So it's like $4 and some change a bag. She's pretty cheap. But yeah, so that's the idea of phase two more or less. Um, phase three is the biggest one. So next week we'll have a lot more things to talk about. We may have to break phase three into two, two different podcasts. There's a lot of things going on. Because it's a step up thing, right? So we're starting to phase one and phase two, it kind of gets a little deeper. Phase three, we're, we're pretty, I mean... We're pretty in pretty deep at that point. So, yeah, you guys talked a lot today. Told you it's rainy Monday, man. Oh, you still not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you made me feel like I talked so much. But I know that if I don't say anything, there's going to be all these awkward silences. So, like this one. Or it'll just be really short. Right? (laughs) Like that awkward silence right there? No, it won't be short even if I talk by myself. I don't know. One thing that I I remember you reading, uh, I don't know if it was a book or some kind of system. um, It's called, it talks about the pillars of a community and there are different things that sustain a community. And um, I don't know, when I look at that, I can see how much that influenced the direction of of even our ministry um, because... I don't know. It's it's wisdom, right? It's like I read. I heard somewhere that um, books are the greatest mentors. Not greatest, but books are mentors. They don't. You don't always have to have a mentor. That's a physical person, right? Um, and I don't know. You just you really do gain so much knowledge from from that. It it literally to- is helping us figure out how what programs we can implement and what kinds of courses <laughs> we can give and. Um, activities we can have to to sustain our area our community so yeah um i had a response to that and i forgot i got distracted sorry i was looking at this page oh yeah like the so the pillars of a society i can't remember what they all are but there's there's education health yeah education health religion creative government mm -mm. oh wait entertainment yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um food Something about food production or something like that. And then there's one more that I'm forgetting. Uh, healthcare. Mm-hmm. 
Do you say healthcare already? I said health, yeah. Yeah, and so I don't know. There's, there's but there's like seven. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But we want to be involved in those as, as many of those as we can, right? Mm-hmm. So religion, obviously, we're involved in that already. Healthcare, the um, the hospital we're in right now, they're doing that, and so we could just partner with them. We don't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. We could just partner with them and support them in what they're doing. Which I feel like we do that as much as we can at the moment, and then um, you know, yeah, we're starting a project with not uh, project, but just like in a. Yeah. What is it that we're doing? Not assignment? I don't know. They told you, so if you don't know. I don't know if it's it's called a project or I don't know what to call it, but it's basically they they want to um, launch a campaign. A a campaign, yes. And they asked our daughter to be the face of the campaign. Um, And so she's excited about that. She's going to be a little model. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully she won't be making awkward faces. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, and, you know, Ramon and Rudy are going to work on the photography part. I'm going to work on the design part. So, I mean, even though it's not directly like we're not nurses, we're not doctors, we're not physically giving these checkups, we're helping them be able to accomplish what, um, yeah, what they need, they to, need what they to, can do. Yeah, getting help them get yeah. the word out about the campaign. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, just be able to help them because they're doing the health part. Education part. Education is kind of all through this. We're not going to start a school as much as, honestly, there's a need for that. I just... I don't have the, I don't have it in me. Um, but, um, but yeah. And so we want to impact as many of those pillars as we can. Right. Uh, one was like banking or economic or something like that. And, um, there's different models. One, there's like five pillars. One, there's like seven pillars and four pillars, whatever. And so we want to impact as much as many of those areas as we can and have a productive church to be able to send people out into these areas too. And so that's when you really, when you can send people out into government jobs and you're sending people out into education mm-hmm. and you're sending these basically missionaries out into every area of every aspect of life so that people can be impacted. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, obviously for the glory of God. And so that's that's the idea. You know, we, we want to be we have a plan, you know, we want it all to work together and to be able to really make a big change here in Trinidad and, and hopefully in Bolivia all together. So, yeah, that's the idea behind it. And so uh, I'm glad you actually said that about the pillars or whatever. I think next week I'll bring that book in. Yeah, because it all connects. It, it can Looking at it, it can all look like just a lot of different tasks that need to be accomplished that just kind of look random. But when you, you step back, you see that it's all just pointing to one Yeah, and as, one the, goal. as the phases go on, like you'll, you'll figure out how they connect to. Like, I mean, it, it's fairly obvious after you start hearing different stuff, but... We'll connect all the dots later. So, it, yeah, like she said, we're not doing random stuff or, you know, but I don't know. You'll see. But, yeah. So, you good? You have anything to add? No. No. Simon does not have anything to add, guaranteed. Nope. You don't want to just say a few words so that people can hear your voice today? Um. <laughs> can you can you tell, let the people know how long your national anthem is? This blew my mind, guys. Last, last oh, night, gosh. our national anthem is. Was, Simon said it was really long. It is long. Yeah. It's, it's long. Been on a bit, it's not not anywhere near as long as the Bolivian national. But that doesn't anthem. mean it's not long. Just <laughs> because in comparison, not, yeah, like, yeah. it's like half the time in Bolivia. It's like if somebody has a uh, like an eight inch nose, <laughs> and they say it's not long because they know someone with a twelve inch nose. <laughs> like they're both humongous. I never considered our national anthem long. Anyway. That's because yeah. you've lived there your whole life. Yeah, it does go on a bit. So how long? Is it? Well, we can get ours done between ten and fifteen seconds. We can get it because well, they yeah. say you say hail the hail the queen ten times or whatever. You <laughs> said we can get ours done. Like the goal is to get, get it done, done. <laughs> as fast. Like, let's get this out of the way. 
Yeah. No, it's just about the Queen. That's you don't sing, do you? Mm. Is, is it, it's not sung, is it? Yeah, you can sing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you have options. To. You can huh? sing it or recite it. You can just it? state it. Like Hilda. Yeah, I mean, you would normally it's, just... It's literally Hell the Queen, right? Save the Queen. God save, save the Queen. Oh, God save the Queen. Yeah. And you yeah. just repeat that for 10 seconds. No, it's... Uh, I'm going to get it wrong now because whenever, whenever you don't, I'm not going to sing it before someone asks. I want you to I'm sing not, it, man. I'm not going to sing it. But, uh, yeah, it's just about the queen. Uh, God saving the queen, uh, about us being sent out victorious and glorious. And then we finish with God save the queen again. And that's about it. Right. Mm. Sounds like a rap song or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> a rap song. Cool. But ours, you know, our anthem is literally about beating england in war like you like this you know bombs bursting in the air and all, you know that's what it's about right every now and then i haven't listened to, i normally clock off after 10 15 seconds so think, well that's, <laughs> that's the oh man but, uh, although i got really confused last night because the national anthem started with this is the super bowl right this mm-hmm. is the national anthem started with a gospel singer and then finished with demi lovato Wait, who's the gospel singer that started? There was a gospel singer that started it. And then it finished with Demi Lovato. Are you sure? 100%. They sang it together? No, I don't know how they take it. I'm going to have to Google it. Yeah, I'm going to do that before I end this podcast. I could be wrong, but I thought I heard someone singing Lift Every Voice and Sing. And then after that came the national anthem. But it was far off in the distance. Mm. It could have just been someone watching a a YouTube video. Because that might be why I think it's really long. Because they were like two separate songs. Oh, was <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Oh, what? But, uh, All right, so I don't, I'm going to be honest here. I don't know what Lift Every Voice and Sing is. Mm. It's by James Weldon Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. It's, I've told you this. It is, what, it is well known as the Black National Anthem. Oh, yeah. See, but I'm from West Virginia, man. Oh, wait, I do know that. I just didn't know it was called Lift Every Voice and Sing. The very first okay, yeah, no, I know that. Voice and Sing. Yeah, okay, but I didn't. No, that's what it's called. You know that song? No. Oh. No, I assumed it was the national anthem. But. Yeah. Um, I, I came in and she was already singing, I think. Or I started hey, listening. And, yeah, she was, Demi was singing. So, mm. I mean, it, it's, it's longish. It's not a short song for, for an anthem, you know. But they are two separate songs. Maybe. Well, maybe, yeah. Mm. We have to confirm that. Yeah. Internet's not working again. Imagine that. Anyways, we'll figure this out for next week. <laughs> Anything else to add? Nope. Anything else to add? No. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We love you all. We really appreciate appreciative. We're really appreciative of your time. And um, yeah, until next time, don't do it. Don't do this to me. Yeah. Provecho.